Well, interesting. I, I, look in, I, I couldn't miss this show. I've been wanting to do a Carpenter for quite a while, and today's actually John's birthday. Oh, is it? I just read John Carpenter's birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's so how cool. Appropriate. We're doing a retrospective, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wish Bloodletter were here. I miss seeing her. I miss having yeah. her aboard for our horror shows. You know, I know. Which we're going to do more of. You know, yeah, going yeah. this year. So I think we kind of split them fifty-fifty or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, shall we? Uh, shall we get into this uh, John Carpenter thing here? Yes. Let's do um, our intro. And all right. Going. Let's go. Hey, everybody. This is Justin from Sorcerer. And Christian. And you guys are listening to and watching Heavy Metal I am Montag, Master of Illusion. What goes up must come down. But not always. Hey, this is Chop Top, and this is going to be horrific. Ah, and you are watching and listening to Heavy Metal Oh, kitties, tonight we've got a good show. We are celebrating the birthday boy, John Carpenter. Happy birthday, Mr. Carpenter. We're doing a show all about your movies, at least the ones we've seen. Um, and this, this goes back quite, quite a ways for me, anyway, seeing his movies. Um, mm -hmm. I know he's one of your favorite uh, directors, too, uh, Chop Top. Yes, absolutely. Um, probably uh, pr probably my, arguably my favorite horror director of all time. I uh, just... Uh, there's a certain style, and we, we can discuss that in his films. There's just a certain uh, use of, you know, camera angles and just different things. You can tell it's a Carpenter film when you're watching it, and his use of direction and stuff. And I, I think that's fascinating because that easily identifies then, you know, his art and what he's doing, you know, yeah. what he tries to go for. And, and you don't find that in a lot of films. You don't find that distinct style, I think, where you're like, oh, that's a John Carpenter film, or oh, right. that's a Tobey Hooper film, or, you know. Sure. Something like you, that. You so. see that in, in, in a few directors, you know, <clears throat> have that certain style. I think for in horror, you know. I'd say Ridley look Scott at, would be another yeah, one. Ridley Scott, James Whale, um, hmm. and then also uh, Val Luton. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, who has that really, really specific kind of look to his movies. And, um Steven Spielberg, I think, is one another director that just has a look, you know, yeah. to his movies. And, and I think I agree. Yeah, Carpenter has that. And I, I like how Carpenter kind of just started off at these kind of small indie movies and and worked into, you know, mainstream, you know, big movies. And, mm -hmm. and he also does other things other than horror, you know, yes. of course. And uh, that's kind of where, our, you know, we'll talk about those. But um but, you know, let's let's just go go through the list. Uh, you know, starting with the earliest ones that we've seen. The first movie I saw of his, not the first time I saw, but the oldest movie I saw is 1974's Dark Star. And um, are you familiar with that sci-fi comedy? Have, believe it, believe it. I haven't. I've never watched it though. But uh, yeah. I am familiar with it. It was basically it was a uh, when he was in film school, right? Yeah, it's super low budget uh, comedy about these like kind of hippies in space you know they're all drugged out and um 
kind of just zoned out and they fly around in a ship and their whole task is to blow up unstable planets and so they have these like in this ship where they the bombs look like they're the like the back of a semi-trailer you know well, like, mm -hmm. like you know about that shape and then the bombs talk okay bomb are you uh, ready to go yeah yeah i'm excited <laughs> got my mission ready to do my thing you know it, it's quite funny there, you know and there's okay. this big like balloon or like a beach ball like alien on board you know and it's just it's just very kind of silly and goofy and um you know the 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 comedy is really quite funny and there's and you know they get into a problem where one of the bombs the problem the main problem the thrust of the movie is event you know one of the bombs doesn't want to it, it like it won't let go but it won't stop itself from blowing up. They're like trying to tell it, you know, the bomb starts asking these existential questions and, and then, uh, you know, I, there's a couple stuff. I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you because I think okay. it's well worth the watch, but anyway, right. dark star was the oldest film I saw. And I think that really, you know, it's a, yeah, it, it is a, a definitely a, a treat because it's so low budget and really kind of, odd. it's very funny yeah all right i'll check that out my earliest recollection is the classic halloween mm -hmm. uh just it, it got to me so that scared the hell out of me for years you know growing up they always had it on halloween night i remember i think it was on channel 43 they had it and uh yeah just uh never saw anything like that because i was growing up with the black and white and you're growing mm -hmm. up with the hammer and you know and this was mm -hmm. obviously another level of intensity and yeah. uh Wow, that I just to this day uh, one of my all-time favorites. Um, yeah. Which by the time we get to the end of the list, it'll be interesting to see because uh, I mean I have some ones that I think are underrated. I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about, and also yeah. it'd be interesting to see what our our top Carpenter film of all time would be a pick. I have yeah. a couple in mind. I'm I'm juggling with, but yeah, same yeah. here. Halloween yeah. was uh, yeah. I mean Halloween's right up there. You know, it, it's 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 a classic it's a suspense film. It it's also often listed in a slasher film but it's really not i mean there is a killing earlier on but it's almost bloodless yes you no know, it is not gore filled as you might expect it's suspense you know it that's i think what really it's like hitchcockian in that regard where this impending suspense just gets more and more intense as michael myers just gets closer and closer to his victims you know yeah and and that kind of ever-present menace which is um what quentin tarantino could have done with death proof but anyway we'll another save show. that yeah. discussion for another show uh yeah halloween is is spectacular um well, and I think it, another low budget film and you know it's one that my grandma and i used to love watching all the time she loved it because it's it's pretty simple i mean there's not a whole lot to explain michael myers escapes um starts killing people you know <laughs> shows up and he's wearing a mask and he's stalking everybody on <laughs> halloween night you know it's 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 so simple in that regard but that's that's i think part of its beauty is the simplicity of of the plot you know? anytime you got a, a killer that looks like william shatner too i mean that's great <laughs> right. but I, I think that you know it, it, it the lighting is so it's it's not really well lit but the that adds to the suspense as well, how it's, you know, mm -hmm. filmed and lit. And then I also think, uh, um, not just the lighting, but of course that classic score, the Carpenter. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, I think he does a lot of that well, music himself. 
Yes. It's, it's almost like having Goblin do music for, you know, for um, a, a, a Fulci film or something, yeah. you know? Um, right. Yeah. Carpenter's score, it, it's, it's identifiable. You know, you can really, really kind of hear it. Um, and, and it's very, very easy to pick out, you know? Yeah. Halloween. Uh, I think the sequel itself I think is good. The Halloween two, which we'll mm-hmm. probably get to sure. um, the whole franchise. I, I need to go back. It kind of falls apart for me, but at least those, the first one, two is even very different than the first one in that it becomes more of a chase than yeah. that building of suspense. Like, you know, we, we get so close to the end and the second one literally takes place like immediately after, which I kind of like, it's almost mm-hmm. like a continuation of the story. And then yeah. where he takes us to the hospital. And so, so you get to the point where this level and then the Halloween two kind of keeps this level going. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love the simplicity and uh, of Halloween and kind of the, the, um, the only thing that kind of stands out to me anymore now sometimes is seeing how, uh, how green everything is <laughs> or, you know, it, um, because it's supposed to be Halloween time and it's supposed to be, you know, fall, but, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, but it, it like never dawned on me before. I was totally, totally immersed in the, in the story and plot. And, you know, what's not to love about Jamie Lee Curtis who will show up in more, you know, of his movies, oh, yeah. you know, we should get and her on the show. Absolutely. Ms. Curtis, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. Um, going to, you know, you talked about Halloween too, and, and you know, I enjoy that too as a sequel. The only thing that got me in that movie, and you watched it years later, you're a kid, you're like, eh, whatever. But then you're like, really? Hospital that barely has any lights on, there's right. barely any people working, and it's like, is that really realistic? But I guess yeah. I read somewhere that sometimes during you know, small hospitals and stuff at that time, and the, the, it was a graveyard shift, it was, you know, lowly staff, didn't need that many staff, and I guess it was kind of true in some regards but yeah we can't imagine that now any yeah. hospital now it'd be you know, there's no way in the world it would happen you know yeah. but that's part of the i think the the nightmare aspect of it this this horror you know yeah all right um yeah i mean we could do a whole show on halloween but we got so much to cover oh, but yeah. uh yeah i'm just working my way through chronologically you know okay. but, but um yeah my next one that i remember seeing of his is 1976 assault assault on precinct 13 ah yeah yeah where um so this feels very underground very low budget and it's uh it's like an action thriller film you know mm-hmm. there's these these police officers um defending this old precinct you know against this criminal gang who wants to like break you know break in and kill everybody and um it it certainly is an exploitation film in that regard there's a lot of suspense to it as well it's got that kind of a you know like the themes that you see like at movies like the warriors it's almost it's almost a precursor i think in some ways to escape from new york and it got yeah. that it got that kind of broken landscape that kind of dystopia that kind of society has crumbled in a way that's what this this lone precinct in the middle of this you know gangland kind of feels like yeah. to me and when again, you're right with that it has a very gritty feel oh yeah you know, the film overall and then of course that, that grittiness i think you're right takes and continues to escape from new york just that same kind of feeling that same kind of you get that same uh that atmosphere if you will 
from just you know the set piece or, or wherever they're directing and stuff so yeah mm -hmm. it's enjoyable though oh yeah I, I liked it and it was remade i didn't see the remake but yeah, i've always liked the uh the original you know i mean it certainly looks like a like a low budget or no budget film from 1976 yeah um but that i think that's part of the, the charm you know that you I agree it's a grindhouse movie yeah and and that's and that's how it feels and that's how you want it to feel and i'm i'm totally cool with that i mean you know i i, I love that going back to tarantino and because i think they borrow from from carpenter quite a lot and, and robert rodriguez they they were going out of their way to make a grindhouse movie with death proof and the, the much superior um planet terror, uh, planet terror. Mm -hmm. but they still have those kind of sensibilities there are shots that look like carpenter-esque or the way they kind of frame things or the way things look um you know and carpenter was making these movies in the midst of this you know so and he was kind of cutting his teeth on these low budget and like okay how do we make a film look good when we have no money you know right. how, how do we how, what do we do to kind of create story and suspense while we don't have money for special effects or those kinds of things mm -hmm. you know and so that's that's why i saw on precinct 13 as a success for me because you really see this film director kind of kind of using what he's got and, and making a, a convincing movie with very little money you know? yeah yeah. yeah, well done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with uh, another one uh, coming up here. Um, I'm probably going to get some flack for it, but if you if you look at it, a film on its own and not part of a franchise, it's Are we talking Halloween, Halloween three. Halloween. <laughs> Two more days to Halloween. <laughs> yes, um, but I I think that you know obviously I mean the story is behind that he wanted to turn into a yearly a different thing a Halloween theme each mm -hmm. Halloween movie. Right, right. that was the too. intent that the was the intent. intent right and everybody came in oh it's how michael myers is back season of the witch what's it and then they yeah. were just like what the fuck is this right mm -hmm. but when i watch it years later i, I enjoy it for its, its own charm and, and being a b-movie that it is and you got uh uh you know a decent cast in there as well yeah the cast and is pretty the good story's pretty and the story's pretty cool so yeah especially the mask when it, you know they take him that test room or whatever, and that kid, it's like snakes and worms and roaches start popping out of his right, eyes and mouth right. and the mask. It's like, yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, I remember having a Fangoria pop, comic book. Great popcorn book. flick. Yeah, sorry, man. It is. Great well, popcorn uh, you're, I agree um, with that. Uh, <clears throat> I remember having a Fangoria issue with this movie because I had never seen it until probably last year, maybe year before last, maybe 2020. Okay. I might have seen this in the fall of 2020 for the first time. So I don't have those younger sensibilities. I'm approaching it now as this adult. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is rough, man. So I, I understand. I can, you know, I can appreciate it. If you saw it when you were younger, I get it. You know, yeah. how often is that the case? Something we see in our youth, it kind of, so, it's so beautiful. When we see it again, we have those memories, but yeah. this one, um this one i just kept on seeing its faults uh to to a degree it's not right. a well well-made movie for me um right. but i liked the, the idea behind it mm -hmm. you know as silly as it is this whole you know stonehenge thing and but i like that he was trying to create a horror anthology we're gonna do yeah. we're just gonna call it halloween we're gonna make these different stories and because that was pretty common you know with like tales from the crypt and all those kinds of episodic tv shows so i like the concept it just um yeah i just didn't i just didn't think it was 
it was successful um but but that's cool man it's okay right. you know right. um all right I, i'm going to talk about one uh from 1980 that i know we both love um the fog mm-hmm. and i this is one of my favorite horror movies of all time i will watch it if it's on tv i'm gonna watch it i don't care i'll yep. put it on if it's if it's on like one of the movie channels or turner classic or something shows i'll dvr it so i can just play it over and over again just to have it on in the background yeah um i love again here's a simple ghost story i mean in the simplicity it's a ghost story um of of ghostly revenge you know and mm-hmm. it's it's not that there aren't problems some problems really you know actually there's only one problem i have one thing that still bothers me about the movie it's a scene where they're in the hospital after they've recovered the dead guy from the boat oh and he gets up and tries to stab jamie lee curtis's character and like no one says a thing about like hmm well that's weird this guy who was dead tried to kill you yeah yeah that's that's peculiar and they just yeah blow it off i'm like wait a minute what the fuck here (laughs) this guy was fucking dead he tried to stab the hottie with the knife yeah you know the scalpel I was like, nah, fuck it. Nah. I think the doctors I, just, they, yeah. they'd have a conversation staring down at like. Yeah, he's like, hmm, that's odd. I'm like, huh. Right. <laughs> that's the only issue I have. So, right. Mr. Carpenter, if you ever watch this, that's the only thing I'd like to know. What happened there? Yeah. Love the movie. I mean, love Adrian Barbeau. Great mm-hmm. cast. Yep. Hal, Hal Holbrook. Holbrook. Um, oh, fuck uh jamie lee curtis and her mom um yeah, jay lay um i mean what a stellar cast and we i love the idea of being in the lighthouse i love the whole feel of the movie you know the yeah. being in a lighthouse it, it's it's got this creepiness and the simplicity again of the special effects it's yeah. almost almost bloodless there's a scene of like gore where you see a the face of a one of the dead pirates yeah. where they have like worms and stuff coming out of its face and like kind of brackish water comes out of a, a wound or something but all all the effects are really light and smoke you know and there's so yeah. much atmosphere in this movie created by such simple such simple effects yeah, yeah i agree the simplicity and then on top of that it, it's it, the location of the lighthouse um that weather station yeah um the house where the little boy's getting babysitted adrian barbo's mm-hmm. son and it's just this sense of isolation like you are trapped and you don't mm-hmm. know what's behind that fog mm-hmm. and that, that, again simplicity carrying over to quite a hell of a suspenseful tale yeah i want to go to antonio bay yeah yeah mm-hmm. i just uh yeah you can't say enough about and of course that intro with john houseman you know, that's right. Story. Right. Which so, uh, another brilliant director um, parodied on his second movie, uh, Sorority Sisters versus Sasquatch. You know, right? Yeah. Um, I yes. know who you're talking about. Yes. The, the brilliant Mark Justice. Yeah. Um, with his second movie from Cyclops Movies <laughs> for the <laughs> fake trailer, Inappropriate Stories for Children. Um, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah the whole yeah the whole look of it is awesome and i kind of want to know what that the kids once it asks asks his mom can i go down and get a get a stomach pounder and a a coke i'm like i want a stomach pounder that's gotta be an awesome burger whatever that is you know (laughs) um yeah and and 
you know, again, it's a very simple story, very engaging, you know, town celebrating its hundredth anniversary and, and you find out this dark secret of, about what, what's happened in the town. I love that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, ghostly pirates, what more can you want? You know, I, th- I, th- I just, I yeah. love this movie and, and it is one of my all time favorites. You know? One of the things too that, you know, and I, I should be flogged for it, but I took a chance and I, years ago they came out the remake of it oh Oh, chop top i know say it it ain't so it is and uh yeah what a fucking turd that was i remember (laughs) taking back to the video store and said don't you ever rent this piece of shit to anybody again um (laughs) because it was a ghost love story it took the whole uh, antonio the the kind of whole original story and it made it a ghost love story kind of of course i'm like what wow so yeah don't know everybody watching and listening on it don't you ever put a dime to that piece of shit so, okay yeah i you know that's something we could do a whole show on oh, on remakes um as a rule i generally don't like them although in our discussion today we will find an exception to that rule a rather great exception to that rule coming up exactly um but yeah when i saw that i'm like why why fucking tamper with that you know i mean and then when I heard about the love story, I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, right, really? This is this is the, the terror to ghosts who long to be reunited. Like, oh fuck. Why? I don't know who the writer was. I don't know the writer. fucking cunt. You've got to stop that shit right now. It was their last job. Yeah, Good. Hopefully. Good. Yeah. Thank thankfully. Yeah. They should be okay. out there working the rough trade for a, for 50 cents a pop. <laughs> All right, your next film. Oh, next film. Uh, I didn't do chronological. I'm just going through okay. things popping up because I'm, I'm waiting for you to talk about the one. Because yes, we will definitely we're, we're getting about. there. We're we're getting close. I'm going with uh, 83 Christine. Oh, okay, yeah. I really like that movie. I, mm-hmm. I like the uh, everything they you know did did with the car and with the effects at that time and re- rebuilding itself and it was just basically yeah. a reverse you know uh, right filming, but uh the story and uh, of course based on the classic stephen king novel um yeah i just really like christine i like the whole concept of a a car it's, you know it's kind of possessed but it's demonic where it and possesses takes over basically mm-hmm. the owner and he goes starts going crazy and mad and you see it yeah. start it, it that descending madness you start seeing it as the film progresses mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah i really enjoy that yeah, we see an early venture into these themes that Stephen King really likes to go back to. We find we kind of discussed this uh, last week on Unsane Radio for an upcoming episode. Um, you know, King really has this thing that he visits a lot of oftentimes. There's a sense of being bullied. You know, this is a trope that he uses really ad nauseum. And um, so I, I get I get a little tired of seeing those themes show up. like. You know, okay. There's at least five five different uh, stories or books or movies that I've seen by King. It's like has that as part of the undergoing theme. It's like, That's come a great on, point. Yeah. yeah, come on, dude. You know, you, look, you're a master writer and you have a wonderful craft, an, an amazing work ethic you gotta find another thing other than fucking bullies. You know, yeah. and that's what this at the heart of the, this is. It's a revenge story. I mean, revenge. I love revenge. I mean, it's the best thing in the world. So that I love. I love that aspect of it, you know, and that whole idea of being taken over and possessed. Um, 
you know, there's a whole lot, lot to that. So yeah, the film has a good look and I, you know, I, I don't know if that's, I don't think it got remade, but uh, thankfully, no. um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, it, I remember seeing it back in the day and liking it. It's not something I go back to an awful lot because I have to go through a lot of, of stuff I don't like to watch to get through yeah. the stuff I do. And that's, that's how I find myself more like with, with some Stephen King stuff. It's like, the more I've seen, it's like, you know, let's, let's just get to it. You know, um, yeah, there is, uh, you brought up the remake, thank God, but I've heard through the rumor mill that they might be looking at redoing Christine. Oh, of course. I mean, why not? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean we're redoing everything. Is, Hollywood's yeah. like shooting blanks. They've, yep. You know, they've been jerking off blanks for, for years. And what's, what's being done over in those Europe, over in that Europe over there, they're, they might be making some good movies. Um, yeah. yeah they just, they just don't have anything going anymore um and these are the guys making millions of dollars to produce movies yes yeah, so let's find someone else's work or let's do a remake yeah yeah yeah, yeah there sure. you go originality um my next movie in 1981 i mean carpenter's on a roll here you know i mean bam 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 um escape from new york mm-hmm. you know snake plissken yeah. sent on a dangerous mission to get the president out of the out of the island of the prison island of new york uh, you know, to me, this is a, this is a continuation of Assault on Precinct 13 in a way. You know, we're, we're here we have this dystopian world, and we're, you know, it's just kind of this uh, kind of sense of really strict government and, and law, and New York's been made a prison island, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Snake Plissken, uh, Kurt Russell, just, I mean, come on, it's a great role. Man, here. he embodies Snake. it. Yeah, yeah and it's it's so fun. That's the thing. It's like yeah. serious, but it's also, as we're going to see later on in the sequel to that film, he, he gets a little more tongue in cheek. Yeah, but, it gets but silly. yeah, yeah, but very much like Assault on Precinct Thirteen, it has that has that grindhouse quality to it, which is what I really love. This world that he's been setting up with these little kingpins and all these little kind of clashes and cars burning on the street and all kinds of stuff you know it 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 has this certain look to it yeah. and then we also see adrian barbeau come back in another role mm-hmm. um so i think john carpenter and adrian barbeau were were a thing that's why they, she was they in were this married movie. at one point right they, yeah, yeah they were married mm-hmm. so um but yeah escape from new york is is just really escapist fun not to make a pun on that but uh kurt russell's great i mean he's just a great actor and Snake Plissken, I mean, come on. You got a guy named Snake. Right, dude. Come I on. Mean, and, and when you talk about, you know, when he takes on a character, because he's, along with you, Montag, one of my favorite actors of all time, mm-hmm. he takes it on. I mean, he takes yeah. that breeze, eats that role, like you even see in Hateful Eight when he's, uh, yeah. you know, right. uh, sheriff or whatever. And yeah. it's just like, wow, he just, any film he's in, Tombstone, another great one. I mm-hmm. mean, and he, he's, a, he's a child actor who who stayed successful i mean he was working at disney when he was a kid you know yeah yeah no. he's you know he's been working since as a child and also mm-hmm. we see another return of another of a actor who plays the president donald, donald pleasance right yes so i you know here we have these actors stable of actors who continue to kind of show up you know in, in later films in different roles i think they get they work together and they like they like how each other work and so you know yeah. i think it's so cool how some directors and this is a great example of that montag how they 
they have those uh, that, that pool of actors that just love working with that director. They mm -hmm. love the material. And uh, it's so nice to see those those familiar faces that, you know, we saw in other films come back. Right. Kind of like um, Cyclops movies, you know. <laughs> yes, that's right. You know, you got these stable of actors who show up every movie, you know, and <laughs> behind the tutelage of the great Mark Justice, yeah. you know, right. Everybody wants to be under his direction. <laughs> Damn so. straight they do, right. <laughs> Uh, uh, we we've talked about Halloween two uh, already yeah. when we did that, so we we can skip eighty one Halloween two, uh, and then I think we're gonna go with the, the one that no we're one. looking for though the the big one here nineteen eighty two, the thing, yes. um, which is a remake of the classic the thing from another world with James yeah. Arness, which is one of my all time favorite science fiction movies, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's it's in the top ten of yep. of all time, and I I know how much you love the film. We both we both love it. This one I saw in a theater multiple times. Um, I was fifteen or so. I was really wanting to be into special effects makeup, and this film is a feast for the eyes for practical effects. Uh, you know, just blew my mind. Some of the gore and the effects from the crawling spider head to the, the jaws that open up in the chest. It's just like, <laughs> fuck, you know, like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And I was just mesmerized. And to this day, those effects look amazing. They stood, I was going to mention that. Yeah, it still stands the test of time. Oh, yeah. No CG back then, nothing. And wow, just. I trying to look up uh, who did the effects in that uh, well known. Rob, I think Rob Botton. Rob Botton, yep. Rob yeah, Botton. yeah. Who uh, I think also did the Howling. Right. Um, yeah, he's another, another huge makeup artist. Scenes ever the Howling, one of the yeah. greatest transformation scenes ever. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. But just to have his, uh, I mean, and that's a statement after all these years and decades later. Forty it's years little, later, there's got to be breath. a forty-year. This has to be it. They've got to bring a fortieth anniversary yeah. release this year or yeah. something. You know, I, if it came back in the theater again, well, I wouldn't go to the theater fucking COVID, but yeah. I would totally want to get this movie. Um, I have it on DVD. Me too. Um, it's one that I I would watch. It's on quite a lot on streaming too. It's on one of our channels. I forget what it is, right. but I, again, it's another movie. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. And and let's not let's not miss out on talking about the score by Ennio Morricone which the one that the one that cuts gets played a lot throughout the piece is called Humanity um, or Humanity 2 um, just a really Spartan kind of score that's that's kind of creepy and just minimalist and boy is does it really make add to add to the film yeah uh, not only that you know what they did you know with the uh, the research center, you know, out there and stuff, and just desolation, isolation. And here you are trapped, not only because of weather conditions, where you're located, and you have this, you, you, and then the whole thing, you're doing the guessing game. You could be the thing. You could be mm -hmm. the thing. It adds so much, and at the end, yeah. I would love to see what happened between, you know, Kurt Russell's character and I think David Keith. I believe. Yes. I and, I think that's that's what's, or Keith David? Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe it's Keith David. Yeah, I feel bad not knowing. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen a continuation of that because, mm -hmm. you, as you recall, uh, some years back they did called the thing, and it was a prequel to Carpenters. And yeah, which is actually I really, way I really better than I that. thought it'd be. Yeah, 
Yeah. They kept, kept the story. Seamus showed you, showed you some things, you know, when they went, uh, Kurt Russell's character went to that, their research station or whatever, and they got the dude's blood is, you know, frozen coming down because he killed himself. And mm-hmm. they show that in the prequel of those things, and they kind of tie everything nicely, including yeah. the ending where the dog shows up. Because you're focusing on the Norwegians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah exactly yeah yeah the thing i know um our, our our dear friend from sorcerer uh justin biggs wanted to be here for this the thing is his favorite uh john carpenter film and i know he would have had plenty to say uh for that so um here's to you justin uh yeah yeah thing um still blows my mind so 40 years later not a lot of movies can still still stay as potent as as they do after 40 years and the thing i think will always be always be a movie that i want to i want to watch yep you know right right all right here's my next one what's yours um i'm going to go with a pick here i think is uh one of the i'm gonna say one of the underrated movies but i know we both like as well they live they live is great rowdy piper Oh, yeah. He did a tremendous job acting in that as well. And it's got the longest fight scene in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, it is Keith David is in that one okay. as well. Yeah. And Meg Foster, who has the prettiest eyes, I think. Of anyone. Oh, yeah. my God. She has the prettiest eyes. Um, yes, that's a great fight scene. Uh, here we have a science fiction uh, to a degree there's a, there's some comedy to it there's a lot of, it's a it is a satire in a way yeah. and there's a lot of commentary about commercialism and and um just sublimation kind of, yeah, yeah sublimation yeah senseless consumerism you know and it it's it's great it's got a great line you know i i came here to kick ass or is it wait a minute <laughs> chew bubble gum and came, came here to kick gas and chew bubble gum i'm all out of gum. Uh, yeah bubble fresh gum. out of bubble gum or something like that yeah yeah like oh yeah and roddy piper is the great actor to play that because he's just like you know and this movie has that raw kind of exploitation feel again because it mm-hmm. doesn't feel polished it's not as perfect movie by any means but it's competent tells a good story um and it, it in a way once the aliens kind of are aware of this of Piper's character, it it almost turns into like invasion of the body snatchers kind of feeling, very kind of closing in, kind of claustrophobic yeah. in that regard, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I, I think for the messages at the time, I mean, it hit the mark societal messages and the like mm-hmm. consumerism, sublimation, yeah, overspending. Right. You know? Well, the eighties was the corporate decade of greed. Greed right. is good. Yes. And like the social caste system, you can see, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the film and that. I mean, here you're, you're showing, you have the homeless and they're all living in this shanty village, yeah. you know, that eventually gets bulldozed over and stuff. Then you got the elite and the elitists and, and, and these aliens, these people are all part of those different, you know, levels of society, which is interesting. And, and they, what they do is want to take, have a takeover basically. So mm-hmm. yeah. Enjoyable. Very fun movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one is um, the Philadelphia Experiment, um, mm. which I remember seeing in the theater, 1984, and it involves time travel. And it's a science fiction film. Um, I I I don't remember much about it now, sadly. Um, other than I remember seeing it, I remember liking it when I was 17 or 16, um, and I thought it was a cool story. I think they went back to World War II. That's like today, modern. They go back in time. 
from trying if i'm remembering correctly yeah i i I, again i've seen the movie i just don't recall it doesn't stand out my mind like the thing i because i've only seen it you know just the one time yeah but but i do remember watching it and and liking it because he made two films that year um philadelphia experiment and starman oh yeah yeah with jeff bridges Mm -hmm. um and this is kind of this science fiction romance about an alien who uh comes to earth and and um kind of uh learns what it is to be human because he has no form and it takes on this human corporeal form and so it 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 turns into the sense of discovery um so he had two big science fiction films in 1984 did you see starman as well i remember i think i've only seen that once as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. there was so but yeah i do remember seeing that and it was it was a very interesting story and a cool story of that you know yeah. trying to learn uh, alien trying to learn to be human yeah what it's like and actually you got the the love stories kind of in the component with that mm-hmm. as that uh, actress that was in uh uh raiders of lost ark I forget what her name is she's uh, um, opposite of jeff bridges yeah K- karen allen karen allen yeah i believe so yeah, so, yeah, I like, and, oh, I like yeah. Karen Allen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, that was uh, it was different. It's a, different for Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter. it's kind of a gentle, a gentle science fiction romance, yeah. you know. Yeah, but it kind of shows his range and and um, appropriately so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think another another big one. I I don't know if it was big at the time, but it's become kind of culturally big in a, in a kind of a cult or underground way, or maybe not. Maybe it's beyond that. 1986, Big Trouble in Little China. Ah, uh, yeah. Again with Kurt Russell, um, yep. coming back in, in in yet another appearance, and um, boy, what a fun adventure, martial arts, uh, fantasy comedy. Um, Kim Cattrall's in it. Uh, James yep. Hong, Dennis Dung um and it 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 is kind of all over the place it it is it is just one of those movies that brings all of these elements together in this in this world of kind of fantasy and it's kind of it's really over the top but very much like escape from new york which is way over the top it it makes perfect sense the world that has been built here it works it makes perfect sense you know and it's just a wildly entertaining movie yeah, very a, a lot of fun, a lot of fun in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad they've not remade that or uh, they didn't oh, keep yeah, it going. Yeah. I'm sure that'll that'll be a down the road, yeah. somewhere. Give it another year or two. Mm-hmm. Probably will steal it. Um, I'm going to go with another one um, that uh, I'm going to talk about his movie, uh, which I found enjoyable. James Woods in it, uh, Vampires. John Carpenter's Vampires. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I really, the, the look of the, the head vampire was fantastic in there. I thought uh, the whole thing about these vampire hunters and going and cleaning out these nests and everything has a sense of adventure to it. And uh, I thought James Woods did a hilarious job as the mm-hmm. head actor in that. And uh, yeah, and I mean, it was, for what it is, it's, it's just, a, it's another fun, one of those fun, campy kind of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. popcorn flick clicks that you can just pop in and say yep it's entertaining though yeah so nothing wrong with that i mean i mean we we love those kinds of movies mm-hmm. you know um i've not seen this but uh i'm i'm intrigued by it. it's yeah. like because there's also dracula 2000 
you know, came out, oh, yeah. um, which I saw just once, you know. Yeah. And um, I never need to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it was, yeah. it was all right, but it was just like uh, I actually liked was it Dracula Untold? I thought that was a that was Damn. a really great movie. It's so surprisingly good. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, but okay, I'll have to check out uh, Vampires. Yeah. Yeah, let me know uh, what yeah. Well, an, another horror movie that we both like. Um, it's a movie that that I think got critically panned. It's 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 kind of divisive even in the horror community. But there's a big there's a big fan base. But it's a slow burn. We're talking 1987's Prince of Darkness. Oh, that was one of it was going to be one of my uh, underrated films. I was going to discuss. Yeah, yeah, this is a supernatural yeah. horror film. Um, it's again we've got Victor Wong is back. Donald Pleasance is back. Um, and basically, what we have here is this group of uh, these students, these physics students, who um, investigate this ancient cylinder of liquid, which um, come to find out is, um, you know, got some bad stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I won't talk about what's in there. But this is a slow, slow-moving film, which but it has a great cameo by Alice Cooper. You know? Yes. Fantastic. I was going to mention that, you know, in his scene, especially what he does to the one physicist. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it. I, I liked how it just it kind of right out of the gates, you know, it starts with the credits and the movie's already going a different kind of feel and as a slow burn it, but it just keeps, you, you can feel it, the dread. It just keeps compounding. It's building. Mm-hmm. And as things start to unfold in that church that they're doing the research in, you're just like, oh my God, what is coming up? <laughs> so the effects were practical at the time, obviously. Um, I thought they were well done. I, I do like, you know, that green liquid and, and what that does, it possesses people basically. Mm-hmm. And what trying to do- The touch of Satan. Feeling, yeah, it's trying to bring back Satan from the other side. Yeah, so, it's yeah. Satan slunk. That's what it is. <laughs> right, that slunk of yeah. Satan. <laughs> slunk of Satan. Yeah, um, just ring out that sock. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's my Saturday sock. Um, right, right, exactly. And 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 you know, we grew up watching movies that would be considered slow burn, and and we're cool with that. Like, yeah. the Hammer films are pretty slow burns. Yeah. You know, we we are used to that. A lot of the Universal films, slow burns, but so we're cool with letting a story take its time to develop and just enjoying the ride. That's yep. what that's what these these films some of these films are going to be. I mean, the thing is like a roller coaster where, like the fog builds its momentum. This film too, and just builds up. And as long as you're cool with like enjoying the ride, I think you're going to have a good time. You know, I mean, it's enjoyable. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay, uh, I'm going to pick one. Uh, it was an anthology film. His body bags. I thought that was really entertaining. Uh, Carpenter himself is in it. Uh, I think he's a mortician or whatever, I believe in it. He is a corner. Yeah, and he starts bringing it, and he does such a fantastic, uh, creepy, over-the-top role. It's a lot of comedy to it. But I thought the three stories are, are wonderful in it, and I thought it was a nice a nice anthology film. Uh, I don't know. I think this was his, this might have been, is this his only anthology film I think he ever did? Um. um can't recall well he was in he did i mean he was did masters of horror right that was a, yeah, that's another did. anthology yeah cigarette um, was the episode yeah. I believe. um 
but I think that's the only one he he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was uh, a great cast. You know, Mark Hamill in the one story, you know, Stacey Keach in the other one, um, mm-hmm. and Carpenter himself doing it. It's just it's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, Carpenter makes appearances in quite a few of his films, often uncredited and and not drawing attention to himself. Um, I don't know if I've seen Body Bags. It, part of me wants to say I have, um, but I just can't remember. Or if I've seen parts of it, maybe I just don't okay. remember one way or another. There's but another it, one to put on your list. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just like I just found out, like the remake of Village of the Damned, which I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen that either. I just found out, like, oh my god, he'd really you know, Kirstie Alley and Mark Hamill and Meredith Salinger, Christopher Reeve. Like, oh my god, how have I not? How have I not known about this movie? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I definitely, definitely want to see that um okay my next one 1996 escape from la Ah. Um, the sequel to escape from new york this is a much lighter film it's still got that post-apocalyptic world but there's a there's a definite tongue planted firmly in cheek here especially when he's snake pliskin is surfing the tsunami you know there's that scene (laughs) it's utterly ridiculous i think there's even like beach boys music playing <clears throat> or is that in the james bond one I, I can't remember can't remember yeah yeah there's this giant wave and he's on top of it like you know surfing um it's almost as convincing as the surfing in monster party beach i will say but um yeah it, it's it's again it's very silly you know this one's not nearly as i think the budget was higher obviously um yeah. but they just I think you couldn't do, I think it's about the only thing you could do. I, th- I don't know if you could have done, again, we're, we're talking like, when, was, when did Escape from New York came out? That was like, what, 1981. So we're talking 15 years later. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have made the same movie or should, should have made the same movie. So 15 years no. later, we're going to take a lighter tone and approach to the film. And, and it's silly. Again, another popcorn movie. Don't expect coming in to anything um world shattering here yeah, but it's yeah. it's silly fun you know mm-hmm. i saw that at the theaters myself you know and, and i had fun with it for what it is mm-hmm. and you're, you're right you know don't come in it's nothing to be taken seriously but it's it's uh it's a step down from escape from new york but uh they kept it fun and i think at that time period it you know it is what it is but uh yeah it's still popcorn flick entertaining mm-hmm. oh certainly yeah definitely Okay, my um, another pick I'm going to put in here is In the Mouth of Madness. Another one I would say is an underrated film. I saw this at the theaters with a buddy of mine years when it first came out, and uh, I, I love the, the the whole. I love the plot. I mean, here you, are, you actually a horror writer is writing life. How uh, it's you know this is what's happening: the undoing of man, you know, bringing upon the apocalypse. The Lovecraftian creatures, like creatures that. Mm-hmm come out of that door and that's you know after sam neill and stuff and it's just the lovecraftian feel throughout the whole film was is fantastic you got charlton heston also in there a uh, couple you know a couple scenes as a book editor whatever and sends uh, uh sam neill and one of you know uh, uh female uh from charlton heston's publishing group along with them and they trying to find out where what happened to this guy you know uh, Sam Neill's insurance investigator and uh, gets drawn into this whole world that is just, uh, just a fantastic film. And Sam Neill's mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, and it's, it's, it's got that, that nightmare feel that sense of, like you said, in the mouth of madness, it's, um, it's a really well done film. And, uh, again, a very, very entertaining horror as horror movie it could again you could just pretty much if it's on you're gonna watch it you know yeah yeah it's it's really fun um another fun movie which again this is maybe you're underrated and it's not a great movie but again i think it's kind of fun um ghosts of mars you know 2001 yeah it 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 is and it's got a good cast i mean you got jason statham uh pam greer you know uh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Ms. Greer, if you'd like to come on the show, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, yeah, Pam Greer's awesome. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've had a crush have, on her for decades, man. Pam Greer. Right. I think ever I since I saw her, like in coffee or something, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I have very fond memories. This means a lot, this film to me, because my daughter. And I uh, watched this quite a bit. And I think she, of course, like most females, probably watched it for Jason Statham. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we, I mean, she, it's one of her favorites. We just had a lot of fun with it. We could watch it anytime and stuff. So it brings back fond memories those times. Mm-hmm. Fun movie, very much. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's entertaining. It's silly. And, um, you know, again, not, not one to be taken seriously. Um, and, and, um, I mean, got Ice Cube, you know, yeah, yeah. and and it's you have chick from uh, Natasha Henstridge, right? Who's, yeah, who yeah. was an alien in another movie? She was in Species. She was the alien, right? Uh, that right? Yeah, and it's it's just kind of a uh, kind of yeah. I, I agree. Underrated. It, it's entertaining. It's 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 not going to be a Halloween, but you don't want it to be a Halloween. It's just what right. it is. And it's uh, you're exploring Mars, and here's these ghosts, and uh, like, yeah, okay, you're combining science fiction and supernatural, which, which I think is a really great combination that Agreed. you see in other other films that we will talk about another show. But uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a fun movie, you know, nothing wrong with that at all. And I like the head uh, ghost kind of zombie guy that's mm-hmm. leading all those other. I mean, he's vicious in that, wonderful. Or that actor that portrayed him. It's just a wonderful, wonderful job in that role. So, and I like the look of them. You know, they actually they're, they're self mutilating themselves. You know, once right, they start right. getting possessed and all that, and it's just like wow. So, yeah, a lot of fun. Okay, um, moving on. Let's see here, another list here. Things I haven't talked about yet. Go backwards here. Um, wow. Oh. Gone through quite a bit actually yeah um uh, okay well talk, you you haven't seen village of the damned right i've not seen the remake no no i i think i've i've blown my wad um as you could tell um no i i'm um and i'm spent uh <laughs> we gotta get michael kane in here um oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hoagie, (laughs) can you give us the look like you do in the hand? That look of ecstasy. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I, I, I'll tell you, the uh, 
the original black and white is fantastic mm-hmm. and even the uh sequel children of the dam i believe that inspired iron maiden to write children of the dam the song yeah so, yeah the movie right um so yeah but it's it's, it's like you said there's a great cast in it uh it's, it's it stays kind of true to uh, source material there's some difference so obviously updating for a modern time mm-hmm. um but this whole idea of i think children when they're anytime they're evil in any kind of horror film or anything or there's something wrong that's a very creepy element to touch yeah. on because you got they're not supposed small, to be they're not supposed to be evil right yeah, yeah. the innocence you know innocence right. is gone we've we've lifted the veil up and here you got uh there's been on murder and destruction and it's mm-hmm. just like wow anytime you do that there's that fantastic movie i know you like montag as well the children yes which is yeah that was great that too. was great zombie yeah. kids i mean kids in a rage killing their killing their parents you know yeah. what, what, what more could you want right i mean that could be a whole show i mean we got the brood um we we've got uh, it's alive yeah i mean <laughs> you know gotta that, put a larry cohen picture in there yeah now. that devil baby man that that's hysterical um yeah those those movies man are just god but almighty. It, it just touches on something that is truly like what if right yeah. well, you, another one another example is the the little zombie kids in dawn of the dead oh yeah and, right yeah they're <laughs> refueling the helicopter and uh, they see the kids like in the gas station or something and then or they lunge at them and yeah. you know, the kids all you know <laughs> fly back in the couch um right because you know often kids don't are, are not the center of the attention yeah you know as as the look of as far as horror goes you know yeah. i mean it's all for you damien um <laughs> right right yeah. Now I guess we come to our we can come to what wrapping this show up and discussing mm-hmm. what would be your favorite Carpenter film of all time. If you... <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna go boy I I have two and I don't know honestly I, know. <laughs> I think okay I I do know I I'm gonna go number two spot for me is the thing um okay and and number one is the fog wow great yeah only because i think the thing in a lot of ways is the superior movie like there's so much going on and and but there's something about the fog that i i find the child in me is released like i just want to kind of be tucked in with a blanket and a pillow and like curl up like watching this movie and just really let it unfold and i don't feel that way in the thing although i i mean i love the movie and i'm totally immersed in it um it's all and that's the only difference is because the emotional connection i have with the fog makes me feel like a child again in a way like the kind of horror and thrills that i would have really loved as a kid i i kind of still feel that way and that that's the only way i had to separate them in some way um, but th- those are my top two. Anyway, I really probably good. do number three would probably probably be Halloween. Hmm. Great picks. Um, I'm going to go with number two, also the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, enough said about that ad nauseum. That's yeah. one of the best ever. And for me, because it means so much personally to me, and it's my favorite horror in all the time is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Myers. I just, you know, it that that just as a young child and the imprint that left on me and scared the hell out of me many years watching every Halloween and just, 
uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it, it's a classic. It, it, it really kicked off a whole, if you will, well, it's arguably, it's not the first slash, they call it a slasher film, but like you said, it really isn't. Mm -hmm. But it kicked off a whole, you know, your Friday the 13th, it kicked off uh, your Nightmare on Elm Street kind of, and all those other kind of icons in the yeah. horror genre. So yeah, uh, it was a jump starter for sure. It was a game right. changer. So. And it's no different than I think Psycho might be the first slasher film in that yeah. regard because there's no yeah. no different actually psycho i think has more blood blood probably yeah and especially you know, the shower scene it's all going down exactly that's that's yeah, yeah that's the scene yep. also with janet lay you know um yeah but i i agree i mean i think once you're once you're dealing with these these all these films that we've mentioned these these top three uh you can't go wrong you know, no. no, no matter what, these are the finest of a really great director who's directed all kinds of stuff. Tends mm -hmm. to stick in the science fiction and the horror genres. Um, I've not seen like Memoirs of an Invisible Man. That's I a comedy, funny. a science yeah. fiction comedy. Um, I've not seen the sequel, The Vampires Los Muertos. Um, uh, no, don't bother with that. Or the or the Ward, and I've not seen the most recent Halloween or Halloween Kills. So. You know, I'm not sure. Um, well, he actually was uh, an executive producer along with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis on the new Halloweens. Uh, actually, the director is David Gordon Green, I believe, directed them. So, okay. Um, but he's he was definitely has his hands involved in the new projects, and uh, with Jan with Jamie Lee Curtis, which I think is really cool, bringing those two back together to, mm -hmm. you know, even John's not behind the camera, but he's he's got his hands in there. Those right. Original visit and, and keeps it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, so I'll have to go back and and see those. That's the the Halloween. That's not the um, okay. That's that's different than the ones made by Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, much 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 better. Talk um, about un <laughs> unnecessary re remakes. Um, yeah. That'll be our show. Unnecessary remakes. Sure. Yeah, and now he's doing uh, the monsters. It's like oh. Uh, I'm nervous about that because you know how I love the monster. I mean, that's uh, yeah, you're a monsters fan. Yeah, I'm an Adams Family guy. Um, I can right. appreciate the monsters, but I saw pictures of of the cast members and their makeup. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm not impressed so far. I no, mean, I again, like it's just a picture of them and sitting right. in their chairs. We have a lot. To... I just hope I, my biggest concern. I hope it isn't Rob Zombie so much where it's just. It, you're making a monster with total gore over the top kind of torture point yeah Let's I, yeah i hope i think it'll be it's i think it's gonna he's gonna keep his comic roots we'll see um yeah i i, I haven't been impressed with the last couple of things he's done i'm kind of surprised that he got the the monsters franchise uh i didn't like the was it was it fucking lords of salem lords of salem Ooh. 31 31 Ooh. i didn't see that one um no. I mean, we're getting movies that have an excuse to show, you know, um, his wife's but you know, um, Sherry Zombie. Is that her name, Sherry? Yeah, yeah. she's in every fucking movie he does, so, yeah. Right. I mean, cool, if you want to put your wife in, I, I can approve. Right. You know, it's like, hey, I, I like Rob Zombie's music, and I, I yeah. love his sensibilities. I love the fact that he likes, you know, the 60s and hot rods and horror. Oh, yeah. He's a horror kid. He's just like us. I'm just yeah. not crazy. And I, and I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought that was great. <laughs> Excuse me, great fun. Um, the the sequel to that, the uh, Devil's Rejects, it was horrible. Just just torture point. And I, I'm like, no, that doesn't do anything for me. It, it just no, it's just not entertaining to me. But 
Well, remember, our, I think it was our second episode. We talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, and right, it's absolutely, it's it's definitely you can tell a tribute to Texas Battleland when mm-hmm. they go underground, you know, and Doctor Satan. Oh, sure. So yeah, it just has that same sense of it, same feel, same atmosphere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he obviously was inspired by that show. Oh, so. oh, certainly, yeah. And I want to give him props where he's due. It's like I'd love mm-hmm. to have him on the show sometime. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it just it just those films didn't resonate with me, but it doesn't mean that they don't resonate with other people. Right. And that's, that's the great thing. It's like, we've gone through this list of movies. Some I like better than you, some you like better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool. That's what makes us who we are, you know, but we yeah. still appreciate it. We can still like it at some level. I, I went into his movies um, with an open mind. Like I said, I liked, I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I haven't liked anything since. And I just like thought his Halloween was unnecessary. I don't want all the backstory. Yeah, you know, it is not necessary to see all this because, you know, Michael Meyer, what makes him so terrifying? I mean, he's the stuff of nightmares because he keeps on getting up after he's fucking dead. You know, <laughs> it's like worse than Jesus. You know, just, just how many times well, are you going to crucify the guy? I mean, um, you don't need a backstory because, as, as, as you know, Doctor Loomis says, he's simply and purely, purely and simply evil. That's all I you mean, need, right? You don't need all that. It comes from an abused household. No, no, like it that. wasn't necessary. It grounds it too much in reality. Instead of, I mean, horror films, horror films tap into our nightmare, our unconscious nightmares and, and unconscious states. That's why they're irrational, you know. And no other other type of film do you a genre do you have the irrational? Science fiction is always rational because even though there might be a monster, you have a rational way of dealing with it, like in the thing. You know, right. it's a rational way of dealing with it or finding that we can't deal with it because the superior technology or something. But, you know, horror films are the stuff of nightmares. We have recurring nightmares. That's why the villain can always come back. Jason always gets up. Michael Myers always gets up. Freddy right. Krueger always comes back. You know, it's, it doesn't fucking matter because yeah. we can still have the same nightmare over and over again. And and so that's that's the separation between science fiction and horror. And I think it's what got lost in the remake is we were trying to ground everything into too much reality. Yeah. You know, and that just, that just kind of ruined it for me. I didn't see the second one. It's like, I didn't like the first one. Why am I going to see the second one? You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Just just wasn't like, no, I got no, no need for it. So, well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I don't plan on seeing it. Um, Like that. I got no, really no interest in it. I don't wish him i mean i, I wish him success though yeah i don't i mean yeah. i i got no harm no ill will against the guy no. um i just just not he's making movies that i'm just not crazy about and that's okay yeah. i like i'm sure my movies don't appeal to somebody out there <laughs> um <laughs> but but i applaud the the artist who wants to make art and just you know at the end of the day you got to make art that makes you happy yep. and and that's that's all that matters. Whether I like it or not, or whether an audience likes it or not, is irrelevant. And as long as as long as the artist is happy first and foremost, that's great. So, I well, mean, I love his, I love his music more than I do his films. So yeah, for sure. exactly. But there's nothing wrong with that either. But you know, yep. he is such a, a creative soul. I mean, he's a heck of an artist too. Sure, I mean, he does usually all of his own art for I believe his sleeves, you know, his albums yeah. and stuff. And his and, house yeah. is awesome. He's got lots of toys and horror stuff and yeah. and cars. It's like, yeah, that's cool, man. He's a cool dude, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Good luck with the monsters, man. And uh, if you come on our show. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Is there any more we need to say about uh, birthday boy John Carpenter today? I don't think so. Just uh, 
I, 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 Mr. Carpenter, I hope that we can get another film out of you eventually again. I know you're yeah. more focused on your music right now. You've been touring with that with your son and stuff. But if you ever want to come on the show and discuss ideas for another film, that'd be awesome. Happy Metal Horror, be glad to have. You. <laughs> That's right. So, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, man. Yeah, we can all star in his movie. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the cast of Heavy Metal Horror takes off their clothing. Ah! Uh, maybe we'll do Rampage and Sons of Bitches with us. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> get finally get our film project being me and uh, Dreadbull and stuff. Up yeah. It's a blast. Well, you know, now that Dreadbull's in the camera all the time, he's from the camera. He may not feel so shy now. Right. That's right. Because I knew that was a little problem for him. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah, Dreadbull's not here, so we can talk about him. That's right. Dumb little yeah. fucker. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I'm cool. scared about being on I, in front of a camera. I, I gotta, can't act. I gotta, I gotta change my name halfway through a fucking series. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> I still just say he's yeah. he's a slut. As you're Eric Wagner yeah, calls you're, you're it. You're a slutmeister. That's so right, slutmeister. You you're a fucking slut. If you watch this episode, slutmeister, we should have kept your fucking name at Breadbasket. <laughs> Bread, that's right. I forgot about Breadbasket. That's right. Yeah, from now on. Yeah, we, got, we, we, we love you, Dredd. Just, that's right. Well, speak for yourself. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's why this show is so much fun to do, because yeah. of you guys. So. All right, hey. Uh, you know, I guess I got better do my commercials. So why don't you talk uh -huh. for a second while I pull up these commercials here? I forgot all about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what you been watching? I have not been watching too much of anything. I mean, honestly, uh, I, I just watched again, uh, rewatched Midnight Mass. So oh, I just man, really like so that. Man, that ending good. is so dark and just yeah, one of the more memorable endings I can recall. Just films, period, horror series just fantastic yeah. and uh, i've been you know in this past year i've really gotten into korean horror a lot more i just mm -hmm. I, there's something about it man that just the acting yeah. is superb the stories are great are you watching hellbound, hellbound. on netflix hellbound it's a, it's a series okay oh I don't hellbound yeah. you can check it out okay yeah mm -hmm. man yeah it's about um about these demons who show up and uh tell people um, they're going to die on a certain date and they're going to go to hell and they show up and they beat the shit out of the person and they drag him to hell. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything more about that, but that's, okay. I mean, it, it's a very bleak show. Let's just say okay. that. Yes. Um, yeah. So, Hey, you can find heavy metal horror on unsaneradio.com. You can listen to full episodes or download to your device. Uh, you, you can find us on Facebook at Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. On Instagram, look for Montag Lewis, one word. And our YouTube page, as you are on right now, Heavy Metal Horror Podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And if you know someone who'd like our show, tell them about us. This has been Montag, Master of Illusion. In Chop Top. And you've been watching and listening to Heavy, Heavy. Metal This is Doug Helbring, and you have been listening to Heavy Metal Horror, the best podcast that you've never heard before. <laughs> <laughs>